You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Ask the Expert podcast, where you'll learn key insights, tips, and strategies from experts across the globe to help you create the life and business of your dreams. Now, let's welcome your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Expert podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. This is episode three of a very special three-part series titled Finding Fulfillment, where we're speaking with guest expert Lana Johnson. Lana is an accomplished facilitator, a speaker, leadership coach, strategic planner, and organizational change specialist who is passionate about helping clients realize and own their capabilities, their strengths and talents, so they can finally experience a sense of achievement and fulfillment in their life, business, and career. She draws on 20 years experience across complementary disciplines of corporate strategic planning, organizational change management, human resource management, and business performance management. Just to recap what we have covered in the last two episodes. If you haven't listened to them, they are going to blow you away. Press pause, go back and listen to them because they are brilliant and building blocks to what we're going to cover today. In episode one, how to achieve more clarity, certainty and confidence so that we could find fulfillment in our lives, businesses and careers. In episode two, Lana addressed common time and money beliefs that you're probably repeating over and over and over, stopping you from achieving more clarity, certainty and confidence. And of course, in this episode three, Lana is going to help us eliminate common barriers that are going to keep us stuck from achieving more clarity, certainty and confidence. So to get access to all three podcasts, there's also a self-assessment checklist there across the five pillars, which Lana has spoken about in episode one and two. Go to lanamjohnson.com forward slash podcast series. There's some other resources that we haven't told you about that is uh, included there for you as well as her gift to you. Uh, Go and do that. So on today's show, Lana is going to share why, despite how hard we try, we can end up self-sabotaging our own success. She's also going to share with us how we can address that, what we can do about that. She's going to talk about powerful techniques to help us obtain greater motivation and mindfulness, as well as key principles that'll make you nine times more likely to achieve your goals. Can't wait. Welcome to the show, Lana. Thank you again, Anne-Marie, for having me on your show. It's great to be here. We have covered so much over the last two episodes, and I know that today is just as powerful with some of the tools and the techniques that you're going to share with us to help us stop self-sabotaging ourselves, uh, our own success to achieving what we all know we desire, which is clarity and certainty and confidence. So I wonder why, despite how hard we work, you know, we set our goals and, and we want to achieve that, But what ends up happening is we actually self-sabotage ourselves. So what's that all about? Yeah, look, it's a really interesting area. And um, one of the things that I've found uh, more and growing in interest for me and for others as well is that area of neuroscience. And anyone who's uh, done any work into neuroscience or reading around that will know that any kind of change triggers a reaction in this because we have this part of our brain called the amygdala, which sits right down the base of our brain back there. And it is the part of our brain that aims to keep us safe. So 
historically it would keep us safe from threats and danger and it still does that today as human beings and any sign of different something different or change when we walk into a room any unfamiliar situations our brain and that part of the brain the amygdala is constantly scanning for and looking for something that's different mm. and then it's making instantaneous decisions about is this friend or foe is this a threat or a safe place to be or to change into so uh, our brain is wired to keep us safe which means it's wired to keep things the same and maintain certainty uh, so anything that's different to that will trigger our brain and what we know is that we are driven by fear mm -hmm. sometimes it's the fear of a threat but sometimes it could also be the fear of failure or which might sound a little bit interesting but the fear of our own greatness mm. right what happens if we are actually that good we might have to sustain that greatness right mm. so on one hand what if i fail can i can my self-esteem cope with that what are the repercussions of that what if i'm so great and i have incredible success uh, will i be able to sustain it or what will my friends and family think how will they respond to that so when we are making changes whether it's around our business habits our time habits our money habits or beliefs it feels like risk it feels yes. like a risk so we have such a powerful need for certainty and connection that our automatic systems and brain require us to to try to stay safe so intrinsically we'll we'll try to maintain order and maintain certainty and maintain things the same you know as you're sharing that i'm reminded this is a couple of years ago now and i'm full disclosure because you know we're all learning and growing incredibly through all the content you're sharing i remember sitting down because i was encouraged lana to create a vision board and i loved all of the pictures that i put onto it but I tell you, it was in the subsequent weeks and then following months that I went out and did the exact opposite of what was on the vision board. So now that you've explained that, it's so important that even if we think, we assume we're taking the right actions, there are underlying things that we don't even know that are there that could just spring up and have, have us, as we said, self-sabotage. Uh, the steps that we know that we need to take to fulfill our goals. Just explain to, to us just once more time, intrinsic motivators, what are they? Mm. So we are driven by um, intrinsic motivators. So they're not the external ones, which right. are things like, you know, money and so on. They're the internal drivers. And there's about 10 of them that I work with people on. And what we do is we actually help people identify what is intrinsically driving your behavior and your choices. So mm. some examples are things like order. So for some people, order is so important. It's one of their top motivators their choices will do things to ensure that order is maintained. So when you're making a change, that creates disorder, which means it probably, unless there's a really compelling reason, find it difficult to move through change because they're trying to maintain order. Another example of an intrinsic motivator is mastery. So being an expert in something, being very good at something. Mm. Therefore, if you're moving into a space that is new or different and unknown, you're likely to feel more vulnerable if that's a real driver for you. So you'll either be very driven to master it quickly or you'll stay with what you know and that you're already a master of. And there's eight others as well wow. that I love to work through with clients because once you understand the priority in which you're driven by your intrinsic motivators, you can start to look at any change mm. um, and ask yourself, which of my intrinsic motivators are positively impacted by this change in that 
actually it maybe it brings more order or brings more mastery which of the ones might be negatively impacted by the change in that it might create disorder or it might be an area i don't know because that will explain your internal reaction to it sometimes we can feel a reaction we can notice it mm. but it's really hard to pinpoint what is that reaction i'm having about this change about that vision board right yes. i put up the vision board why am i actually doing it what's getting in the way of that yeah i couldn't um, look at it i had to hide it <laughs> Yeah, because it reminded me of what I was not achieving. Right, right. <laughs> so, so unless we can really uncover what is driving that behaviour, another mm. one is relatedness. This is a really common one. So, probably something that a lot of a lot of listeners can relate to is, you know, when we there are times in our life we go right. I need to go on that diet. I've mm. got to drop that five kilos that I put on over winter or whatever it is. My winter coat. Time to shed it because the summer body needs to come out. What we do is we start to then make change our choices around drinking and eating. But drinking and eating are really important ways that we relate and connect with other people, right? Yes. That's our social connection. We feel connected when we're sharing food and wine and everything else. So when we suddenly make a change around that and we turn up on a Saturday night to our girls' night or to dinner with our partner or family and they're noticing something different, then mm. it challenges your intrinsic motivation around relatedness. Wow. And it becomes really easy to throw that whole concept of releasing yes. the five kilos out the window because you want to feel connected and you want to feel accepted and part of that. You don't want to disrupt those relationships. So um, they're just three examples, wow. but there are seven others that I love working through because I'm covering that for clients. They suddenly go, oh, my gosh, now I see why that change was difficult for me or why that change is really driving me because it relates and taps into those intrinsic motivators. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Now, I know that you've got a bespoke program that helps women to get re-inspired, refocused, re-energized so that they can find fulfillment. And in your program, you talk about five building blocks of lasting change to help mm. us pinpoint and mitigate some of these potential obstacles. So can we share and speak about a few of those building, building blocks today? Yeah, definitely. I love talking about this stuff. So as you know, uh, you know, I am a business coach, leadership coach, but I also do change management, which means, you know, I have to run workshops specifically around when people are trying to make changes for themselves or with others in an organisation. And what I found is that you can't skip over any one of these building blocks. Each one needs to build on the next. They happen in a sequence. That's important. And unless we address the first one, then the second one, and the third one, we're likely to come undone. We're likely to not really buy into our vision board mm. or into our new eating habits or whatever it might be and come unstuck. So what I love doing on that program and even in my one-on-one -on -one work as well is working through these five things. And the first one is to be really clear on your why. What is mm. the reason for the change or the new goal or the things that are on your vision board? Because if you can articulate that and you feel uh, emotion around that and driven by that, that's the important, the first one. Mm -hmm. And also in that step, being clear about what is actually changing? What is that vision for the future? And being able to write it down, you know, how big I am on writing things down, write it down and spell it out in a really clear way so that you can visualise it. And in fact, visualisation is a part of the two-day program I do around that future mm -hmm. state that you're looking for. So, for example, if the change that you're wanting to make is around bringing more revenue into your business, then we would spend time really articulating that very clearly as to what that would look like, when you would do it by, all of the reasons why that's important as well, um, so that you're clear about what that end state looks like. 
So that's number one, being clear on your why. The second one is to build your desire around it. And this is the part where we want to uncover what are all the whiffums or that what's in it for me. That's the whiffums, right? Mm -hmm. Because when we know what's in it for me, uh, then we can come back to that and revisit it. And this is where um, sometimes there might be, you might put something out there like that big goal, that revenue goal, mm. but there'll be something that's actually, you know, and I do this because it's usually a feeling somewhere. Some people might feel it in their gut or in their chest or in their head. That's an intrinsic motivator that your brain's probably trying to keep you safe in some way. So this is where we tap into and really delve into what are their motivators that are positively or negatively impacted by this particular change. So if it's a revenue goal, we'll explore what might get in the way in your own thinking, in your own mind and beliefs, what might get in the way in terms of the systems that you have in place and what is going to help you propel forward in terms of if your why is big enough and you're clear about what's in it for you and we've overcome those motivators that might get in the way or those drivers that might get in the way, then we're ready to move to the next step. So we're clear about our, our why and what's changing. We're clear about any underlying beliefs or desires that might get in the way. The third thing is now we can actually start going, well, how am I going to get there? What's the knowledge? What are the systems or the habits that I'm going to need to put in place um, on a regular basis to start moving towards that goal? Now, often we try to jump straight to this, right? We set a goal and we go, right, now what am I going to need to do? And what happens is that your vision board sits there and you're not doing it because you haven't really figured out what's what might get in the way and uncovered that and resolved it. So this is where we build the plan. Now you're ready to build the plan on how you can achieve that change or that goal that you're working towards. So, for example, with that revenue one, what is the figure? What are the milestones in between now and when you want to reach that revenue figure um, that you're working to? And then what are the steps that you'd need to put in place? What would you need to do? Are there new habits that you need to form and things you do on a regular basis that are going to make really make a difference? Mm. And one of the examples that comes to mind with one of my clients was for them, it was having um, uh, not just bookings in, but people showing up. So they mm. changed some of their systems to make sure they got a higher um, show up rate for their appointments and just managing that piece completely turned around wow. their revenue because that was their lever people showing up for their appointments and making the most of the time that they had so the fourth one then is then to continue to master and hone that skill because we know that we might set up an action plan or set up systems or new habits but then to continue them and to hone them, right? Mm -hmm. So we want, this is where we track progress and say, are we getting the outcomes that we wanted to? Are we proficient in the things that we've put in place? For example, if you're finding you're not yet hitting that revenue target, this is where you go, what's working and what's not? Mm -hmm. Do I need to bring in somebody else or learn from somebody else uh, in order to really become proficient in this new skill or new habit to make the change that I want to? So it's a way of checking, are we on the right path? The fifth one, really important, one that we sometimes skip over or overlook altogether, and that's to celebrate success, right? Because number five, our amygdala is still there. It's paying attention. We want to let our brain know that this change is good mm -hmm. and we want to wire ourselves for more change uh, so that we can continue to grow, right? We want those positive associations. And let's face it, you've earned it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so celebrate progress as well as celebrate celebrate getting to your goal because progress feels good and it helps us continue to propel forward so at the start of the process you might actually say do you if i 
make progress here or if I achieve that goal, this is my reward that I'm going to give myself. Mm. And here are the mini rewards I might give myself along the way. Maybe it's the finest bottle of champagne that you love. Maybe it's a weekend away. Maybe it's a just, you know, a really nice dinner out with someone you love having time with. Whatever is that, that reward for you that's going to really um, have that positive endorphin release to reinforce making changes and making improvements yeah and sometimes Lana the reward that you have in place can kind of pull you forward I remember just briefly uh, I'll share a story I had to finish for an assignment that took me nearly two years for this study I had one last assignment to do which was to write an essay now I'd created the framework but I had to sit down and just write the thing but it got put off put off put off till I saw a bag in the shop I thought all right my reward is going to be that handbag I had that thing written drafted emailed off to the you know to the lecturer before the end of the weekend so these are just so important aren't they and so often I think as you're mentioning them it all goes back to getting that clarity so often we don't have those building blocks and I think often as women what we can do is we can start to make even the smallest of progress yet when we do hit a little bump in the road rather than having those building blocks in place and then taking a step back and saying okay so what worked well that worked and and I made some changes here fantastic let's just keep going let's keep focused because I've got those building blocks in place what we end up doing is just saying you know what I failed again hopeless never going to be able to achieve that and that's the pattern we continue to live that is so true and and what we want to do is we actually want to build confidence so you know when you're setting out to do something let's be really realistic let's be kind to ourselves it isn't going to be a straight path from a to b and that's why that really looking at how we what have we look at what we have done what's worked what's not because there's going to be things that don't work for you yeah. Right? You're going to try something until you get it right or there's going to be, you know, the level of stretch that's right for you as well. It's such a personal, personal thing. So making sure that it's something that, you know, you feel comfortable with and that you can build your confidence in over time and, and definitely reward yourself. I love the handbag idea, Anne-Marie. Yeah. Yes, we all need idea. to do that for a handbag. <laughs> you know, this beautifully segues into the next point that you're going to share and that, that is around uh, the five powerful techniques to help people achieve greater motivation and mindfulness. I think as women, we can often put the bar so high, expectations so high mm-hmm. for ourselves that we really are setting ourselves up for disappointment and not recognizing the little steps, even the little mini steps that we make should be celebrating. Yeah. Or, you know what? Well done, because I, I never would have done that previously. So let's start to talking about uh, some of these techniques to achieve greater motivation and mindfulness. And firstly, though, I'd love you to answer why is motivation and mindfulness so important? And then, of course, we can share some of those techniques. Yeah, absolutely. Look, these two things I've called out in particular because um like we've we talked and touched on it before you know i don't know about you but i find it really easy to get energized and excited and set goals and have this idea in my head about what i want to be do and have in my life but when it comes to actually sticking with it day in and day out keeping the priority and the focus on it not getting distracted not letting other people consume my time and my energy that's where the challenge really comes so motivation is you know, that's why we've got the step one and the step two. Being clear about the why becomes really important because there's nothing worse than realising, you know, a week down the track or a month or a quarter or a year down the track and you're actually not much closer to your goals. Yes. You know, I don't want that feeling for myself and I certainly don't want that feeling for my clients. It's not fulfilling. And then we can't show up. 
in the world and, and just enjoy life really and enjoy what we're doing. So progress is powerful. So we want to make sure that we're setting people up for success to achieve progress in a way that's realistic and is still balanced, right? Yeah. Which is why the next one becomes really important as well, which is the mindfulness. Mm. So through that, if we are stretching ourselves or extending ourselves a little bit or a lot, how do we make sure that we can stay mindful through that and look after ourselves? You know, it's near impossible to have a really powerful presence with your clients and those we care about unless we look after ourselves as well. So how we show up in a conversation or to a meeting is important because our presence has impact and our presence can have impact for bad or for good. And we need to manage that really with clear intent. Yeah, I love those. And just some some techniques to help us around both of those areas around motivation and, and mindfulness. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the, just on the motivation, one of the techniques I've found most powerful is the time boundaries, mm. right? So if we've set a clear goal, keeping them visible and then making sure we are blocking the time, because when you do that and you make progress, that's when you feel good and you realize actually when I put my mind to it and time into it, I can do it. Because sometimes we'll put things off because we're not sure if we're going to be able to do it or do it well. So give yourself the time, block it out, make some progress. So those time boundaries are really important for that. Um, the second one is the accountability systems. Because what I know that if I'm accountable to someone, like mm. a running buddy, mm. or like, uh, you know, if I'm uh, doing some kind of health program, if I'm accountable to somebody, or my coach as well, right? If I'm accountable to someone, then I know that by that date, I said I was going to do that, I better do it, right? Mm. <laughs> and one of the ways for that to work is, you know, I work with my clients who recognize the need for this as well in themselves, and then we chunk things down. So we take their 12 month goal and would say, great. What would the next 30 days, 60 days or 90 days need to look like? What would you need to do in that time? Make it into manageable chunks, digestible chunks. And then we create a plan just for that smaller chunk of time. Mm. And meeting up regularly, that's the part that makes the difference around motivation. You know, I can work yes. with clients who just want a planning session. And that's awesome. I'm really happy to do that business planning with them. It's those that say, and I want a follow-up session. They're the ones that really make transformational change mm. because they've got an accountability system in place. It works. We can do the work in that time if that's how they want to spend the time so that they know we're going to overcome any hurdles. We're going to fill in any gaps that they've got uh, and break through. So they're the motivation techniques, time boundaries, and a really good accountability system that really works for you is important. Around mindfulness, there's, there's a couple of areas I want to mention here that make such an incredible difference, not just in your ability to succeed, but also in the fulfillment part. And the first one is around mastering your thoughts. Anne-Marie, if you dialed into that internal conversation that goes on in your head, I would love to know what it would be saying. <laughs> and you are such a positive, wonderful person. I'm sure it's lots of good stuff. Uh, and I do, I, I get my clients to really tune in to the conversation they're having with themselves. Because what we undoubtedly find is that what's happening in that conversation, there are some helpful things, but there's also some unhelpful things that we say to ourselves. And sometimes we get in a bit of a circular loop or habit with those things and they impact our thoughts and then our choices and our actions and they impact our conversations. 
So what's going on in your head in some way is going to flow out into your outer world and the people that are around you as well. So mastering your thoughts becomes really important and I teach some techniques on that. And one of the techniques I love using is, you know, when I'm on my way to a client, because a lot of my work is at the client site, when I'm on my way there, I, I'm sorry, but I turn off the podcast, Anne-Marie, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm usually, usually listening to yours because I love them. I turn that off for a few minutes. I yeah. turn off the radio and I really think about what's my intent for my client mm, in this session because I want to show up, right? Mm. Or I want to show up to that meeting the best way I can. What's my intent for them? What would, I, what would be a positive outcome that would be great for them to have out of this? What would be a positive outcome for my relationship with them that we can build and strengthen our relationship? And the third one is what's my positive intent for me? What would I like to have as a result of this conversation or this piece of work? Or what would I like to experience as a result of that? So, you know, for us to use our time and have the greatest impact and presence, just take that time. What's my intent for this, this meeting or this conversation? And you might even visualise how you want to show up and be your authentic, great self in that conversation as well. I love this, what you've just shared, especially around the, uh, the techniques. I think as you're explaining it, one of the areas that I have found um, as driven women, we're ambitious, we're driven, we can often put so much on our plan that it's no wonder we never get anywhere because it's far too overwhelming. So having someone such as yourself that's standing alongside us to say, hang on a second, let's chunk that down even further to something that's realistic and doable. As we then work towards the 30 days, the 60 days, and we're really rocking all our goals, I can see that that momentum that we're building will continue to drive us forward to say, you know what, I can tick those things off, they're done and dusted, on to the next. But we are so overwhelmed, aren't we, often? And therefore, again, we, we tend to focus and then that that's, gets into that, the thoughts uh, of the self-talk, see, there you go again. You set a goal, you haven't been able to achieve it. That can become this uh, a sad cycle. So uh, brilliant, brilliant. And there's something else. I'm so intrigued because I had a, um, a look at your website and, and you listed five techniques or principles, if you will, that'll make you nine times more likely to achieve your goal. Now, I have a pen poised because I'm really going to write these down. Can you share <laughs> some of these today, please? Yeah, definitely. And look, these have made such a difference for me. And I take my clients through this because I know it does make an incredible difference. And it goes back to that accountability system. So I want to break that down in a little bit more detail. So um, like you, when I've had an idea before, right, an idea about something I'd like to achieve, and maybe it is that revenue goal, I want more revenue in my business. The first critical technique that you need to do is really state have a stated commitment around that. What is the actual target that I'm looking for? That's the very first thing that I get my clients to do is be really specific about that. The second thing that you want to do, and this in itself just double your, your chance of achieving the goal, is put a date on it. So when is it that you want to achieve that revenue goal by? What would good look like? Is it the end of this year, end of next year, a particular date? Write it down and be really clear about what that stated commitment is. The third thing is, is this is where we remove the uncertainty about how to get there. Mm. This is where we actually map out the steps. Okay, if I'm going to achieve that revenue, what are the things that I'm going to need to do? And we create a defined plan, really define it as best we can. 
so that we know the next steps to take. The fourth thing, and this is where you're far more likely to just do it by taking this step to achieve your goal by taking this step is commit that plan to another party, to another person. So maybe you've got an accountability buddy and, and together you're actually really great at holding accountability. Maybe it's a colleague or a friend or your partner, but state that commitment. Here's my goal, here's the date I wanna do it by, and here's my plan about how I'm gonna get there. Mm. So you put it out there in the world now, right? You've already had its increased accountability. But if you really want to increase your chances nine times greater, and um, if you look at um, the Brigham University, Brigham Young University's research they've done around this, you're actually 95% more likely to achieve your goal if you take this fifth step as well as the other four I've mentioned wow. than if you hadn't taken those steps. And that is to share your progress on the plan with that other party that you've committed to. Right. So you're giving those regular updates. You're saying, well, here's what I've done. Here's what I haven't done. This is the outcomes I'm getting from that. So share your progress on your plan. So they're the five steps that I encourage all my clients to do. And if it's not with me, I'm okay with that. But find yeah. an accountability buddy, someone that you can regularly meet with. And I actually, you know, I'm, I'm really big on time boundaries. Put the time in your diary to do that. Mm. Make a date with them if you need to, to do that in advance on yeah. a regular basis and at a frequency that really works for you. For some people, it's a daily touch base or a weekly or a fortnightly or monthly, whatever it might be, find the frequency that works for you. That makes a serious difference. Anyway. Oh, knowing that you've shared your, you know, your committed goal to someone and knowing that they are going to check up, even if it is, you know, a number of weeks down the track, to me is so motivating because I know that I'm going to have to be accountable and uh, powerful 95% chance of achieving that, which, uh, you know, certainly celebrate that. This has been, this entire series has been a masterclass in itself. I know everyone who has listened will certainly uh, be able to be so much clearer on how to find fulfillment in their lives, in their business and in their career. And I'm sure that, you know, there'll be people who have just been yeah, you know, when you hear something and you think, oh, is that why? Just getting some clarity and awareness around why we're continuing to be stuck is in itself amazing. So I know that you've only scratched the surface with a lot of the stuff that you talked about today. And you've mentioned that you take your VIP clients through. I always love success stories because we can kind of then see how that plays out when we start to implement the things that you've shared. Have you got a few success stories that you can share with us today? Yeah, definitely. Look, there's um there's a wonderful story uh, about a woman who had been in, um, you know, she'd been running her consulting coaching practice for a while. And let's just say she knows and she knew at the time that her time boundaries and her money police weren't quite where she needed them to be. Uh, so what she found is, what we did actually mapped out how she was spending her time and how she would like to spend it. Her time was being consumed by constant interruptions of things that she wasn't getting paid for. These were her volunteer roles that she was doing that she loved doing, but she'd actually allowed them to swamp her whole week, night, day, weekend. Like it, it was just constant to the point that she was stressing out and she wasn't spending time working on her business and in her business. She hadn't yet even articulated what it was she wanted to achieve and what her vision for her business was mm. and what her offering was and her pricing and all that because she'd been swamped by these other things. So we turned it around. She turned it around. Once she had a vision of what her ideal week looked like, 
what she wanted to achieve from a business perspective, she started to make much clearer decisions and choices about how she managed her time, what she said yes to, how she managed interruptions and gave herself the time that she needed to, and her outcomes. She actually started to have immediate transformations in terms of her ability to articulate what she does and getting people recognised that and recognised what she had to offer and immediately started wanting to engage her which is glorious because she didn't even see her own unique talents and value and that the audience that she wanted to work with absolutely needed it. So um, wonderful. So, so happy to see, to see that change. A second example is someone who is, and this might be one that others can relate to as well, is someone who'd been in a job and wanted to step out into her own business. Like she knew that she wanted to do something other than what she'd been doing. And she'd been at her employer for quite some time, over, over nine years. And that was just the one employer. And so part of the first conversation was, again, starting with the vision. What, what is it that you're, you're wanting to move towards and would you like to have? And over time, her then carving a path because she couldn't see how it was possible to go from what she was doing to what she wanted to. But when we actually broke it down and she started taking those steps, she managed to maintain her sanity and keep her time boundaries intact and make that transition in a way that didn't jeopardize her financial position that allowed her and now she, her clients absolutely love and adore her in fact she just called me the other day to say I'm actually a bit embarrassed about the Christmas gift I got from one of my clients it was so generous <laughs> and it's because of the impact and the value that she's bringing that she's now you know recognizing and and owning herself which is wonderful uh, uh Amory I've got one more story I'd love yes. to share and that is that is about someone who needed to take a lead in their business and uh, it wasn't a role that they'd ever envisioned envisioned for themselves uh, but once they realized it uh, you know we did some work on what that role was for her we then actually put in a structure for her business which they didn't have in clear roles and responsibilities we started to put some systems and processes around how she would lead her business in the way that she wanted to mm. and then build a culture that she's really proud of now and uh, you know instead of feeling the strain and stress of showing up to work she actually loves coming to work she's got some great teams who are in a such a much better more effective place they're engaged and she's attracted some really fantastic people into her business and to see her shine in that leadership role which she had hadn't even seen herself in mm. uh, just a couple of years ago is magnificent and uh really fulfilling you know that's fulfilling for me to see what i love about success stories is that it identifies people who have gone before and achieved that. And so yeah. often we can resonate with their stories because we may still be um, struggling with some of the challenges that they've been able to overcome. But what I love about that is that it shows us that because they've achieved it, with the support and, and of course, the, the steps, many of the steps that we've shared today and you've shared over the last three episodes, we can achieve it as well. It is possible for us we just need to believe it and, and claim it to say, you know what, if it's possible for her, it's possible for me and I want to achieve that as well. So tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you're running because I know that um, so many of us have realized now through the, the things that you've shared is that getting that support and accountability, stepping away and investing time into working on our business and ourselves too. So very important. Can you share a little bit more about um, how you work with people? And I know that you've got incredible workshops that you run quite regularly too. So share more with us, please. 
Definitely. Thank you. I'd love to. So there's three ways that, that I'd like to share. And um, because of the time boundary issues, the first one's actually a retreat program. So we actually get away, right? Because we've got to get off this hamster wheel sometimes and immerse ourselves in this stuff. So it's a two day retreat program. It's a women's retreat program where we get away into a beautiful location and we work on your business and your career. So it's very, it's hands-on, it's practical, and you will learn some tools and techniques, some of the ones we've just touched on, and you'll get to start putting them into place for yourself, which is wonderful. Um, so it's really about getting re-inspired in your own business and the vision you've got for yourself or your career, getting refocused so you know what it is that you're going after and you start to map out the steps to get there. And then you start to feel really, really re-energized by what it is that you're doing because you're clear about the why and the impact you can have. Um, so through that retreat program, what I love about it is because it is immersive, you start to build these wonderful connections mm. and network with the people that are there who are like-minded. They're like us, right? They've got aspirations. They know they're stuck in some way and they want to actually take things to a whole new level. So immediately you're addressing pillar number one because you're creating that support network that you're so going to need in order to move forward, right? which is wonderful. So that's the retreat program that's two days, which is wonderful. I love taking people away together and giving them the time, right? The time and the energy that they deserve and they should take. Uh, the second one is, is a group coaching program because I know that people love to stay connected sometimes with others, particularly after that program, but learning from others is a wonderful way for people to learn and sharing experiences. So the group coaching program allows you to build on that clarity of your vision, to map out the steps, but also becomes your accountability team, right? Mm -hmm. So for those of us that know that we're good at momentum but need <laughs> that accountability, it's group accountability and we learn and continue to master our business or career and continue to grow together, which is wonderful. So I love facilitating that with a core group of people. And the third way I work, Anne-Marie, is my VIP one-on-ones. Mm. And this is where I do the leadership and business coaching that is specifically tailored to where you're at as an individual or your business and where you want to take it. So it's completely focused on your needs and we'll customize it and shape it every single, you know, as we go through to make sure it actually, you know, serves the needs and uh, and then you get from it what you want. So they're the three ways. There's the retreat program, there's the group coaching program, and then there's the VIP one-on-ones who I love working with as well. Oh, fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And of course, for people who are listening today that may have only just stumbled across, this is episode three of a three-part series. People can access the first two episodes in the series as well as there's a finding fulfillment self-assessment quiz where you can go through each of those pillars and see where you may need you know additional support and, and some change around what's happening in that particular pillar uh, all they need to do to access that is to go to www.lanamjohnson.com forward slash podcast series you know that we've got some goodies there as well other goodies which we haven't mentioned so there's a surprise waiting so a lanamjohnson.com forward slash podcast series and of course on your website you've got uh, more details about how people can then work with you. Lana it has been such a pleasure as I mentioned earlier this has been a masterclass in itself so very important uh, and I think you know giving ourselves just time to go through this is has been so valuable and I can only imagine the insights the ahas the relationships 
uh, and the visions uh, people are going to get through the next retreat program that you run. So thanks once again for, for sharing your strengths and talents and, and helping us today. Anne-Marie, thank you so much. And I certainly do hope that people have been able to take at least one nugget or one thing that they can take and implement and that would um, be really worthwhile for their time and, and ours. So thanks so much for having me on your program and for running this, uh, this podcast series with me. I really appreciate it. It's been great. You've been listening to Ask the Expert podcast. Are you an expert with a message to share with other ambitious entrepreneurs? To be considered for one of our featured guest spots on an upcoming expert podcast series, go to asktheexpertpodcast.com.